Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 19. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. God says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. This morning I want to share with you the Ten Commandments for a successful new year. Father, I thank you today that you are with us. I thank you that not only are you with us, you are for us. God, I just pray today, Lord, that your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger. Father, I pray that you'll open our hearts today. Father, let us receive the word of the Lord that you'd have us to receive today. God, let your perfect will take place in this room today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be reseated this morning. I don't know about you, but I I love this time of the year. I love new beginnings, fresh starts, do-overs, mulligans. This past Wednesday night, we said farewell to 2014. On Thursday morning, we said hello to 2015. There's absolutely nothing that we can do about what happened last year. It's in the past. It's over and done with, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 2015, on the other hand, now that is a different story. I wonder what the new year will bring. I wonder what is waiting for you and for me in the year 2015. Here's what I know, and that is that much depends on what we do and what we don't do. This past week, I I sat down and I wrote Ten Commandments for a successful new year. Five do's and five don'ts concerning the coming year. I want to begin today with the five don'ts. If 2015 turns out to be a successful year for you, here are five things, in my opinion, based upon my understanding of Scripture. That if you want to make sure that 2015 is a successful year for you, don't do these five things. Number one this morning, don't accept Satan's lies. There are fill-in-the-blank outline on the back of your bulletin if you're new. And don't be afraid about 10 points. That's pretty, that's pretty scary when the preacher has 10 points. It's 40 minutes, whether it's 3 points or 12. 40 minutes is done, I'm done, all right? Somebody throw something at me after 40 minutes. My wife's not here today, so my daughter, you can throw something at me, all right? Don't accept Satan's lies. John chapter 8 and verse 44 says, Satan is a liar. It says there is no truth in him. Everything he says is a lie. Here's what I've discovered about the devil. He only lies when his lips are moving. 
As you enter into this new year, Satan's going to tell you a lot of lies. He's going to lie to you, and he's going to tell you lies like, you messed up last year, you're going to mess up this year too. He's going to lie to you and say, you've never had anything substantial happen for you in your past, so nothing substantial is going to happen for you in your future. He's going to lie to you and say, you don't deserve to be successful. He's going to lie to you and he's going to say, failure is what you deserve. He's going to tell you God doesn't love you. He's going to tell you that God doesn't want to bless you. He's going to tell you that you have always been and you will always be a loser. But my Bible tells me that the devil is a liar. And the truth cannot be found in him. So don't accept the devil's lies. Accept and embrace God's promise of God's blessing instead. His word is filled, filled with blessings, filled with promises of blessings. Oh, so accept, accept God's promise of blessings. Oh, oh, feast on them and focus on them. Number two this morning. See how fast number one went? Don't avoid the difficult tasks. If you're going to be successful in the coming year, you cannot avoid the difficult tasks. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10 says, If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Here's what I've come to know, and that is that people who who fail to, to succeed in life are usually guilty of avoiding the difficult tasks. They they never accept the lead position because because they're not willing to accept the pressure that comes with the position. Uh, They want all of the perks without any of the pressure. People who fail to succeed in life usually avoid the difficult task. Uh, they have a problem with a certain person. Oh, oh, a certain person is causing many problems and keeping the organization from prospering. But, but they are unwilling to confront the person. They are unwilling to deal with the situation. And so it just continues to keep going and going and going and going. This happens in marriage. And it happens in families. Maybe we are the problem. But instead of of facing our issue, we choose to avoid it. Somebody said, life is not about what you are going through. It's about what you are growing through. Now that deserves some kind of response. That's pretty good. And my number one amen or my wife is in Oregon this morning, so I need some help. Somebody said, life is not about what you are going through. It is about what you are growing through. Here's what I know. If you don't grow through what we go through, we will have to go through it again. I like what Tony Robbins said. Tony Robbins said, change only happens when the pain of of remaining the same is greater than the pain of change. Number three, 
Don't assume there's magic in the new year. See, more than likely, the, the new year will pretty much mirror the past. The only way the new year will be different from the past year is if you change. Somebody said it like this, if you want something different, you have to do something different. Duh. But here's what I don't understand. We all know this. We all know this, and yet we keep doing everything the same old way and still expecting and hoping for different results. Pretty silly. What is the new year going to be like? For most of you, it's going to be just like the last year. Why? Because you're taking the same you into the new year. And the only way the new year is going to be better and different than the last year is if there's something different in you. Number four, don't align yourself with the wrong people. Now, I know I keep pounding away on this point, but there is, this is absolutely critical. And as I was reviewing my notes this morning, something in my spirit said, there is somebody, somebody going to be in the, in the service this morning, somebody is in this room today that you desperately, desperately need to hear this point. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, bad company corrupts good habits. Proverbs 12 and 26 says the righteous should choose his friends carefully. Somebody said who you align yourself with will determine your next level. Who you align yourself with will determine your next level. They will either pull you up or they will pull you down. Wow. You might say, Pastor, who are the right people for me to align myself with? Thank you. That's a brilliant question. I appreciate you asking so I can answer this morning. Who should you align yourself with and align your life with? People who love you unconditionally. People that believe in you. People who challenge and motivate you. When I was pastoring in Midland, Texas a few years ago, a man came to me after church and said, Pastor, nobody can live up to your preaching. I called him my name and I said, I don't expect anybody to. I just know that if I preach a five, people will live a three. So I preach a ten. So some will live a six, seven, or eight. Amen. People that challenge, people that motivate you, people you can depend on, people that have your back. A few years ago, somebody in the church was giving me a really a hard time. I talked to the board about it. One of the board members said, just give me the name, Pastor, I'll take care of them. I said, whoa, Ricky. I mean, no. 
here. Who are the wrong people? Who are the wrong people to align my life with? Well, people whose love for you is questionable or conditional. People who merely tolerate you instead of celebrating you. People who have a different set of values than you do. People you have to constantly give CPR to to keep the relationship alive. We've all got those relationships, don't we? I thought about one just this past week. I said, why do I even bother? Because it's one-sided. I'm constantly having to breathe CPR into that relationship. Pastor, who, who should I not align my life with? People who don't care about the people or the things that you care about. People who are envious of you. People with a critical or negative attitude about everything. I, I love what Bill Vaughn said. Bill Vaughn said an optimist will stay up till midnight in order to see the new year in. Pessimist will stay up to make sure the old year leaves. <laughs> Don't look around at anybody this morning. <laughs> Number five, we're doing good, aren't we? Yes. Number five, don't allow the obstacles to keep you from reaching your goal. Proverbs 24 and 10 says that if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. I want you to listen up to what I have to say right now. Listen, listen to me this morning. It's God's job to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. That's God's job. It's Satan's job to try and stop this from happening. That's his job. It's our job to persevere in spite of the obstacles that the devil places in our way. I, I don't know about you this morning. I, I can't speak for you, but, but I sincerely believe. I'm not just saying this because it's the first Sunday of the new year. I'm not just saying it because I'm expected to say it. I, I sincerely believe that God wants us to enjoy an incredible, fantastic, unbelievable best year ever in 2015. I genuinely believe that. I believe that personally, and I believe that for our church family. I'm believing God for the greatest year ever in the history of this church to take place in the year 2015. Let me tell you, some things that have happened in the last 12 years, man, it's going to have to go some to do it. But I just believe we're set on go, man. I believe that everything's in place. I've never been more excited. I've never been more optimistic about about the church and about the future of the Grace Place and of this incredible church than I am this very moment and anticipating all incredible, unbelievable things to happen in the coming year. But just because I say I believe it, just because I want it to happen, and even the fact that I believe God wants it to happen, 
This and this alone does not guarantee that it will. The devil will make sure that there are plenty of obstacles along the road. Obstacles like people. People always talk about the devil. One pastor said, you know, talk about the devil, but I've never seen him appear. But what, he was in somebody's jeans or somebody's skirt. We love to talk about God using people. God doesn't do anything unless he does it through people today. God uses people. Well, that's as exciting as that is, the devil uses people too. And the devil will put that right or that wrong person in your path to cause you to stumble. Obstacles like people, obstacles like problems, predicaments, pain, pressure, plots. We've got to be willing to persevere through these obstacles. I'm giving you ten commandments for a successful new year. I've already given you five don'ts. Now let me give you five do's. Five things I said you better not do. Now let me tell you five things you better do if you want to guarantee a successful new year in 2015. First thing you need to do is you need to review the past year. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. I love it in the Living Bible. It says, any enterprise is built by wise planning. And it becomes strong through common sense. And it profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. As you go into the new year, it's wise to take a quick look back at the previous year. It's wise to take inventory of the past year. I'm at a place in my life where I found that asking questions is so helpful. And so you need to ask yourself questions. Ask questions like, like, what can I learn from my mistakes of the past year? What can I learn from my successes of the last year? Ask yourself, what did I do right? <laughs> Might try and duplicate that. What did I do wrong? Might try to omit that. Questions like, who helped me? Who who helped me get to where I am? I might need to appreciate them. I might need to award, you know, reward them. I, I'm, I might need to make sure they're plugged in with me. This, who, who, who helped me? Who, who hindered me? Who hindered me from getting to where I, I wanted to go? I had a, a path. I had a plan. I had a goal. Who was it that hindered me and kept me from reaching my goal? last year. Ask yourself this question, what and who do I want to take with me into the new year? And then ask yourself, what and who do I need to leave behind? Here's what I know, the people that you add to your life, as well as the people you subtract from your life, will be key 
in helping or hindering you in becoming the person you will or won't be. I can look back at different places in my ministry as a rookie pastor. I can remember then after I'd been in ministry for a while, different stages of my ministry. The people that God placed in my life at strategic times that helped me become who I am today. I believe God wants to put somebody in your, in your, in your path. Those of you that have been here a while, you'll know when I get, make this statement that I very seldom say things like that. I, I say things, but very seldom do I say things like that. I believe some people are here today by divine appointment. I don't believe that it's a, just a happenstance or a fluke that you're here. I believe that you're here today by divine appointment. And I believe God's going to do something awesome and incredible in your life. Second thing you need to do if you're going to be successful in the coming years, refocus on your target. Refocus on your target. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 through 27 says, Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Do not get sidetracked. Amen. I'll tell you something else I've discovered, and that is time has a way of blurring our target. Time has a way of blurring our target. Sometimes we get so busy with the what and the how that we totally forget about the why. I'll never forget several. It's been many years ago, back, back when I was still doing manual labor. Do with that whatever you want to. I did a major construction job for the church I was pastoring. I did all the work myself for free. And after the project was finished, not one word was said about the major renovation I did for the church. And I'll never forget, I, I said to myself, how many of you ever said something to yourself? I said to myself, I'll never do anything else for this ungrateful bunch of people. And as clear as I have ever heard God speak to me, not audibly, but in my heart, as clear as I've ever heard the Lord speak to me, I heard the Lord say to me, so, you did it for them? I said, excuse me? It's a big, Elizabeth, it's a big one. I'm coming to join you, honey. Anybody under 40 don't even know about that. Lord said, so 
So, 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 so you did this for them? I, I, I said, what? God, God, said, God said, I thought you were working for me. I said, oh, wow. God, I'm sorry. You're right. I do work for you. What I do, I do for you. Sometimes we get so caught up with the, the what and the how that we totally forget about the why. The why becomes blurry. The target becomes fuzzy. We've allowed the obstacles that stand between us and our target to catch our eye and divert our focus. Oh, oh, I'm giving you Ten Commandments for a successful new year. Let me once again remind you of my definition of the word success. And there's a host of definitions. Everybody's got their definition. But here's mine. To me, success has nothing to do with position, possessions, or popularity. For me, success is as simple as discovering God's purpose for my life and then passionately pursuing it. That's it. Last time I said that, somebody said, yeah, you, you got up there and talked about you know your purpose. I wish I knew mine. I, give me a pad and paper and I'll tell you what yours are. I'll tell you what, you, what they are. What's in your heart? What motivates you? What drives you? What's, what do you have passion for? What do you get some success in doing? That's it not rocket science. For you it might be a wife, it might be a mother, it might be a father. Success has nothing to do with what's in your bank account or the address, whether you live on Snob Hill or not. What kind of car you drive or whatever car is driving you. Do this grand, grandiose, awesome thing in your life? Yeah, yeah, God's got one of those. But for you, it might just be raising a child godly. What's better than that? Success for me has nothing to do with how big my church is or how much money I have in the bank or what kind of car I drive. To know why God placed me on planet earth. And then to do that with passion and persistence. My goal is to be like Enoch. Hebrews 11 and 5 said he had this testimony. What testimony? What was he known for? What did everybody say about Enoch? He had this testimony. What testimony was? Was it that he pleased God? What should our ultimate target be to please God? That's it. 
to hear him say when we stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Oh, you are my dear son, and I am well pleased with you. Mission accomplished. You fulfilled my will for your life. I'm proud of you. What do we need to do in order to guarantee success in the coming year? Refocus on our target. Listen, 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 listen. If our target is anything other than pleasing God, our target has become blurred and we need to refocus. We doing all right? Number three. Revise your strategy. Proverbs 24 and 3 again says, out of the Living Bible, it says, any enterprise is built. How is it built? By wise planning. Become strong. How does it come, become strong? Become strong through common sense. Don't you wish our government had some of that? I didn't say that, did I? It's amazing. Sometimes I don't know if I'm anointed or annoying. Any, pri- any enterprise is built by wise planning. It becomes strong through common sense. And it profits wonderfully. How many of you want to profit wonderfully? Amen. How many want your business to profit wonderfully? Your life, your marriage, your home, your parenting. And profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the fact. See, if you're not happy where you are in life, perhaps you're on the wrong road. Perhaps you're headed in the wrong direction. Somebody said this. This is, this is really good. I wish I'd have said it, but I'm saying it now. Sometimes I get quoted on Facebook. I, it wasn't my quote. I stole it somewhere, okay? But I didn't take credit for it. I just Somebody said it. I remember somebody said it. But on the other hand, they put it in the book and make millions of dollars, and they didn't say it first either. Some of the things they say and get millions of dollars for, I've been saying for years. I'm just not smart enough to put it in the book and sell it to somebody. Purpose-driven church, I've preached that and practiced that for years. Good night. Why didn't I do that? Somebody said this. This is good. Listen. It's one thing to do things right. It's even better to do the right things. I'm waiting just a minute so you can write that. It's one thing to do things right. It's even better to do the right things. Because, because here's what I do know, and that is you can be doing everything right and still not be happy. And you can be doing everything right and still not be making any progress. Hey, hey, we we should, we should strive to do things right. Grandpa taught us. He taught us if it's worth doing, it's worth doing. Yeah. Grandpa told us that. We should strive to do things right, but we should strive even harder to do the right things. 
If what you are doing isn't giving you the results that you want or the uh, results that you uh, expect, maybe it's time to revise your strategy. Maybe, maybe you're not doing the right things. Now, now, maybe you don't need to totally abandon what you are presently doing, but perhaps what you are doing just needs a little tweaking. See, see, just because your car's engine is running a little rough, that doesn't necessarily mean you need to overhaul the engine or trade it in for a new payment, I I mean a new car. It might just need a tune-up. Sometimes our life goals need to be tweaked. Sometimes the vision we have for our life needs a tune-up. Sometimes if we are going to hit our target, we need to revise our strategy about how we're going to get there. Number four. Hang with me. The next two are the best, all right? So hang with me. If you're tuned out, tune back in, all right? (laughs) Remind yourself of all your blessings. Proverbs 11 and 27 says, If you search for the good, you will find favor. If you search for evil, it will find you. See, here's what I've... I've discovered you get what you look for. You get what you look for. If you look for the good in somebody, you'll usually find it. On the other hand, if you look for their faults, you'll find them too. Some of you don't understand. I have faults. I know you don't believe that, but I've got them. Some of you just you don't you just don't believe it. I do. Some of you, that's all you can look at. All you can focus on is that one or two things, or three, or five, or twelve. But when you look at me, that's all you can see. You get what you look at. You get what you look for. Amen? Amen. If you look for the good in somebody, you're going to find it. If you look for their faults, you're going to find that too. Because because everybody has strengths and everybody has weaknesses. What are you going to focus on? If you look at all the reasons why you can't do anything or can't do something, you probably won't. On the other hand, if you look at all the reasons why you can do something, you probably will. Thanks living is the only way to live. Focus on what you have and not on what you don't have. Count your blessings, not your burdens. Amen. Amen. Psalm 100, verse 1 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. 
Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to every generation. Psalm 103 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquities and heals all of your diseases and redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You're going to have a successful new year in this year to come. You're going to have to remind yourself of all of your blessings. Thank God for what you have instead of grumbling about what you don't have. Those of you that grumble about struggling to make a car payment or get tires for that second car can't hardly even go out to eat. Come with me on my next missions trip to a third world country. It'll shut you up for a little while. You're Americans, you'll you, you gripe again, but it'll shut you up for a while. Hello? We're going to make it. The fifth thing you're going to have to do, you're going to have a successful new year. Number five, or number ten in the message, Refuse to let go of hope. Refuse to let go of hope. Hebrews 6 and 19 says, Hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. The writer of Hebrews says that hope is like an anchor. Oh, just as a as a strong anchor can secure and steady and stabilize a large ship. That's the same thing that hope can do for you and hope can do for me. Let me ask you this morning, has God placed a dream in your heart? Has God given you a promise of some kind? Then my admonition to you this morning is refuse to let go of your hope. Are there promises in God's Word that have yet to be fulfilled in your life? You look around at other people and you see that these promises seem to be fulfilled in their life, but you look at your life and you say, when in the world is that ever going to happen to me? When are the promises of God's Word ever going to come to me? Refuse to let go of hope. I don't know, this morning perhaps perhaps you prayed and, and you sought God and you've had faith oh, for the salvation of a loved one and yet they are far, far from God. Refuse, oh, refuse to let go of hope. 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're single and, and you have asked God to, to bring that special somebody into your life. Oh, but it, it, it hasn't happened. Refuse to let go of hope. It could be that you have prepared yourself for ministry. But the doors of ministry remain closed. Refuse. Let go of hope. The Bible talks about a man who had every reason to let go of hope, a man by the name of Abraham. The Bible says that God promised Abraham and Sarah when Abraham was 75 and his bride Sarah was 65. God promised them they were going to have a baby boy. What? Oh, Abe had been on Social Security for 10 years. He and Sarah ate every day at the senior citizens' luncheon. But every Sunday at church, old Abe had his prayer request up on the screen. And the prayer request read, pray for Abe and Sarah that they'll become pregnant. It was downright embarrassing. I mean, people didn't even want to invite their friends to church because they knew, oh, Abe was going to have his prayer request on the screen on Sunday morning. When they asked who Abe and Sarah was, and they pointed out this old couple, it was embarrassing. Five years goes by, 10 years goes by, 20 years go by, still no baby. But old Abe refused to let go of hope. His prayer request continued to be on the screen every Sunday morning. She's 99 and she's 79. Still got that prayer request up there. (laughs) Embarrassing. Romans 4 and 20 says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. It says, in fact, his faith grew stronger. He was fully convinced that what his God promised would eventually come to pass. And sure enough, when old Abe was 100 and his bride Sarah was 90, one Sunday morning, Abraham interrupts the preacher. Ask her. Can I have a moment? I just want to thank the ladies of the church for giving Sister Sarah a baby shower for our baby Isaac. How are you going to guarantee 
that this year is going to be better than last? How are you going to guarantee that you're going to have a successful new year? Refuse to let go of hope. Hope is the anchor of a soul. And I don't know about you, but I believe that if God can give Abraham and Sarah a baby at 100 and her 90, pretty sure nothing he can't do. Get the worship team back in place this morning. Woo-hoo. I think that's 44 minutes. If it's not, humor me. Well, there you have them, my Ten Commandments for a successful new year. See, there's absolutely nothing you can do to change the outcome of 2014. But 2015 is a different story. What you choose to do and what you choose not to do will have a major effect on what does or does not happen to you, through you, and for you in the year ahead. It's up to you. It's up to you. The decisions you make will determine your destiny. Oh, it's just a decision. No. No. It's a destiny director. Sure glad I said yes 12 years ago. I almost said no. Presbyter takes credit for me being here. I wonder if the church would have blown up if he'd still take credit for that. I don't know. just a decision. No. It's a destiny director. Again, if you know me very well, you know that I don't do this very often. I do it, but not very often. As I was going over my notes this morning, wrote this in my notes I believe God has a word for somebody here today you know me you know I don't say it very often but I believe God has a word for somebody here today and I believe that it can be found in our text for today Isaiah 50 or 43 and 19 God says I'm about to do something new see I've already begun Don't you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Perhaps God led you around and around and around in the wilderness last year. Maybe you don't even have a clue as to what in the world God was up to, what God was doing, but God led you around and around in the wilderness last year. The word for you today is God is going to make a pathway that leads you out of the wilderness in the coming year.
Perhaps 2014 was like a dry, parched, desolate wasteland for you. The word for you is God is going to divert the flow of rivers. And the rivers that flowed away from you last year are going to flow to you this year. If you receive this word for yourself today, I want you to stand and start giving God some faith-filled praise. Give him some faith-filled praise. Praise him like you believe it this morning. Come on. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today. I know I did not preach necessarily a salvation message, but I found out a long time ago the Holy Spirit does not depend on what I preach. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and on this very first Sunday of the new year, you would like to be saved today. You would like for your name to be written down in heaven. You would like to know beyond any doubt that if you would die in the next five minutes or the Lord would come for you, that you'd be ready. If that's you, if I've described you this morning, I want you to lift your hand up real high in this auditorium and leave it up. Let me notice that somebody, I'm not going to point you out or embarrass you or call you by name or anything like that, but Raise it real high and wave it at me this morning, if that's you this morning. Anyone in this room? Thank you, right in the way in the very back. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. You can put your hand down in the back. God bless you. Someone else this morning, I'm not 100% sure of my salvation. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm ready to meet God if I should die or the Lord should come. I'm not saved. I want to make sure I'm saved today. Anyone in this room, lift your hand up real high. We're going to pray with you. All right, gentlemen in the back this morning, would you? Would you come this morning? Let me have someone pray with you this morning and just one-on-one make sure that, that the Lord comes to live in your life. Would you come this morning, lifted your hand? Real quickly. Just come on down. We've all done it. Thank you. God bless you. You're so brave. Thank you for your courage. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Come on. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. You guys take them and talk to them. Go ahead. Why don't you just take them to that room over there? Just... I want, them, I want them to know what's going on, what's happening, what's taking place. Lead them in the sinner's prayer. Amen. I've heard it's kind of hard to deal with people at the altar because it gets kind of noisy down here. I just want to make sure that, 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 that they know what's happening, what's going on in their life. And so that's why they're going to the next room. I wonder this morning, if your heads are still bowed and your eyes are still closed.
you're in this room today and you say, you know what? I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. I, I, need, to, I need to get all in. I need to get all in. I need, to, I need a total rededication of my life. And this first Sunday of the new year, I want to I rededicate my life to the will and the plan and the purpose of God in my life. I need to rededicate myself to the Lord today. Can I see your hand this morning all over this room? God bless you. How many others this morning? And you? How many others today? In the room, there's, there's hands lifted all over this room. Hands lifted all over this room. Amen. Those of you that lifted your hand, or maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you know you should have, would you come and just stand in the front this morning with me this morning? Come on, real quickly. Move quickly. Come on. There's a lot of people lifted their hand. A whole lot of people should have that didn't. You join them as they come. I want to just totally, completely rededicate my life to the Lord. Doesn't mean you're not saved. Just means, you know what, I just need to rededicate, refocus, rededicate my life to Jesus. One more question, and then we're done this morning with questions. I wonder how many in this room this morning. Don't, don't, don't raise your hand until I'm finished. Just say, Pastor, I'm going to seriously consider these Ten Commandments. I'm not going to just leave here and say, well, you know, Pastor said a couple funny things, and, you know, hey, can't believe he got them all done in the amount of time. And pretty good day, not bad. No. take these notes home if I'm married I'm going to talk with my spouse I'm going to seriously consider the ten commandments the pastor gave us this morning for a successful new year seriously take it seriously because even though maybe I had a good year last year I want a better year this year maybe I had a bad year last year but have a good year this year. How many of those, if that's you this morning, lift your hand all over this room. I'm going to seriously consider. All right, not everybody, but thank you for not lying. People lie every Sunday. They say they're going to do something, never do it, so it's okay. I want you to come and join us this morning. You lifted your hand. I want you to come this morning. I want you to come. I thank you for today. Thank you for those that are in that other room, Lord, that are coming to know you as Lord and Savior of their life. Thank you. Thank you for these that have come today to rededicate their life to you. Thank you for these that have come this morning that they are going to take what they've heard today seriously. It's going to be more than just some pastor's sermon going to seriously consider 
implementing these Ten Commandments for a successful new year. God, I thank you for the grace place. God, I just know in my heart of hearts, God, that you have called us for such a time as this. God, I know in my heart, I know in my spirit, we are totally and completely set on go. I believe not only the coming year, but I believe the next 10 years. I just believe it. I just, there's just, there's just something going off in my spirit. plans you have for us this future. God, I just pray that you will help us, God, to meet the criteria that we might continue to have your favor, continue to have your blessing, continue to have your anointing, continue to have your provision, continue to have your protection. We love you, we bless you, we praise you. In Jesus' name.